How do children's authors build strong book businesses and grow their impact? By hanging out with Lori here on The Writer's Way. Hello again, writers. Today I have new and upcoming author Jane Owen with me. Jane has written a book called Tom Wolf and Max the Owl. She has quite the famous uh, ancestors in her family and a supreme love of literature all around. I really enjoyed getting to know Jane. Sadly, at the very end of our conversation, my dog went nuts right outside the office door. So there is a bit of a, a, an abrupt uh goodbye at the end, which I apologize for, but I think you're really going to enjoy listening to Jane and getting to know her and and seeing how she uses her publicity knowledge to further her book goals. I hope you enjoy. Hi, Jane. Thanks for coming on and chatting with me today. Hi. Really nice to be here. (laughs) You're in California? I am. Sunny California. I'm very jealous of your weather. I'm in cold, snowy. Today we have a windstorm, actually. Oh, my goodness. Yes. It's hard on the sinuses. <laughs> but you have less coronavirus, so, you know. That's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. Okay, thank you for framing that for me today. So why don't you tell everybody about who you are and your book and all that? Yes, well, my name's Jane Owen, and um, uh, for many, many years, uh, I've been a publicist, um, and when coronavirus happened, um, I was unfortunately very heavily concentrated in the live events space, which, as you can imagine, doesn't do well (laughs) in a pandemic. (laughs) Um, So I went from being the busiest I've ever been, literally, to in one day losing all my work um and to be completely frank it wasn't great I wasn't thrilled about it um it 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 did hit me quite hard and it was a bit scary I have a little girl and you know um I uh I'm the breadwinner kind of in the family so it was uh terrifying to say the least um but you know, after a couple of days of feeling sorry for myself, I decided that I had to do something with this time, apart from obviously look for other work. But, um, uh, you know, during the weeks before my business thankfully picked up again in a different area, um, I, I did what I had always said I would, which was write a book. And I chose children's book uh, because I have a little girl and I wanted to have something to read to her, but also because um, it's shorter and <laughs> <laughs> more achievable than a so much novel. More. So much more. <laughs> and you have kind of a famous um, grand- grandfather. Yes. Um, so my great-grandfather, was my dad's grandfather, was a very famous book editor he was the editor who edited all of the work of Ernest Hemingway and F. Scott Fitzgerald and Thomas Wolfe and Marjorie Rawlings and a few others Um, and yeah I've always had a very um, I've always been taught to love books and love literature Um, my family are all very much in into literature my dad's a writer as well um, my grandmother was, before she married my grandfather, one of the first um, female editors in New York. And, um, you know, it's, it, the, there's a great love of literature and books and writing in my family, for sure. And um, 
Yeah, I always, I always was inspired by his relationship with his writers. I always, when I um, work with my clients in public relations, I always try to have that kind of similar relationship with them, where you're kind of the the support behind the scenes. Um, you know, the, uh, the mother, father, uh, therapist, best friend figure who kind of holds their hands as they do their do the things that they're great at you know the talent um shines because they have the support to back it up and actually funnily enough the children's book that i wrote is called tom wolf and max the owl and the the inspiration behind it was my my um partner he is a film producer and he's from venezuela and he has a lovely venezuelan accent and when he says when he would talk about Max Perkins and his relationship with one of his writers, Tom, Thomas Wolf, he would always say Thomas Wolf. <laughs> and so then I thought, wouldn't it be nice if there was like a puppy called Tom <laughs> Wolf who had all the characteristics of the writer Thomas Wolf? Um, and then I thought, well, he has to have a Max Perkins character, so Max the Owl. And then um, so the story is about Tom Wolf, who's a very creative puppy who loves to write stories. And he goes to live on a farm where uh, the animals don't really get along and they're not very happy to see him. Um, and he starts writing his stories, but he writes them everywhere. He writes them on all the walls. He writes them on the bellies of the sheep while they're sleeping. He writes them on the side of the barn. And Max the owl, who can fly, he's flying around and he sees all this writing. He realizes that Tom is trying to tell a story, um, but the animals just see like, mess so he says he helps tom to like put the stories down in a book and you know figure out how to write the beginning the middle the end and all of the things that an editor would do with a writer i guess and then at the end he's got this lovely story and the animals all appreciate the story at the end so um it very much mimics the relationship that max had with Tom, his real writers um and actually, there was a movie that came out uh, in 2016 where Colin Firth played Max Perkins and uh, Jude Law plays Thomas Wolfe. So um, I know before that, it was kind of like, if you didn't know, you didn't know. If you weren't in the literary space, you wouldn't have ever heard of him. Mm-hmm. And then the movie came out and um, certainly more people now know who he is than did before. So I'm hoping that it kind of like resonates with that audience mm-hmm. um as well so there's you know there's something for the adult as well i guess um, <laughs> yeah, well, it sounds great yeah thanks yeah it was a real pleasure to write and you know it was really nice to feel like i accomplished something in the midst of all of this kind of depressing stuff that was happening around true and i hear that story a lot and it really is nice to have some kind of a positive come out of 2020 <laughs> Would you say that you always planned to write a book growing up like that or? Yeah. I mean, I always, I always loved writing and I was always very um, enthusiastic in English class. And my teachers were always like complimentary about my writing. Um, it is difficult though. I think that um, everyone in my family would agree that it's a, it's big shoes to, to fill, you know, so, you know, even when my dad would write books, his, uh, the, reviewers would always compare him to uh you know the great writers that max perkins worked with and oh. it's difficult it's difficult to <laughs> live fair? up to <laughs> <laughs> um but it is inspirational as well you know there's a there's a you know M- max perkins would always say 
you know, his famous quote is, there's nothing as important as a book can be. And I think that's very true. I think that the the uh, books that we read in our life that really touch us can definitely form a big part of who we are um, as we get older. And I especially loved books when I was a kid. I was massive bookworm. And the books that I read now that are like comfort food, you know, you go back to a favorite children's book, even as an adult, and it just makes you feel good. <laughs> Pulls you out of whatever's happening and <laughs> gives you an alternate yeah. reality. It's funny because I was like that as well. I'm the kind of reader who can tune out chaos around me when I'm reading. And so now I have three kids and I look around and every once in a while we'll all be reading on the couch together or something. And I look around oh, and, you know, and it's really cool to see that. I mean, sometimes I'm like, put down your book and go outside because I'm the mom. So I have to say that, but, but yeah, it's really cool to pass that down. Does your daughter love books already? Yeah, she does actually. You know, it's so funny. She's only a uh, little, she's um, about to be two in March. And she's already like, I'll find her in her room with books, just, you know, going through the pages. And, and she loves, she can recognize all the letters. Well, almost all the letters. And, um, yeah, she, she loves going up and like pointing at signs anytime she sees a sign or uh, the front of a book and she will spell out the letters. Like, oh, wow. (laughs) You know, and I'm really excited because my mom told me, um, that I started reading when I was, just three years old Holy and uh and actually it was it was connected to children's books because um i i was born in new york and before my family moved to europe um we lived in new york and we lived next to a book illustrator a children's book illustrator and apparently the reason i started reading so quickly was because my mom would leave me like she would babysit the children's book illustrator would babysit me and she would have all her children's books that she was working on around me and apparently I just picked it up from that oh wow (laughs) so what a a fun place to be babysat that's so cool yeah absolutely absolutely and it is funny you know children's books I guess have always had a a soft spot for me (laughs) yes I think for so many people because they're like little works of art and, you know, um, deep, but fun at the same time and lessons, but you almost don't even realize in, in the really great ones. Yeah. Um, so did you, so you got, you lost all your work in one go, took a couple of days to wallow. And then is that when you wrote it or was it already written? Yeah, no, I had the, I had the idea pretty much straight away. And then I started writing it and I, you know, I wrote a few different drafts. Um, my partner, Fernando, you know, helped me. He read it over. We kind of um, worked on it a little bit together. Um, it's always nice to have people to bounce things off of, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I sent it to some family who gave me some notes as well. Um, and it, I think it took all in all like about a month to get from, you know, the idea to having something workable. Um, and I worked with an illustrator that I found online. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were, you know, um, I sent them pictures of my family home. My father's home in England is a beautiful old thatched farmhouse. Oh. And that's the, that's really the inspiration between behind the farm that they live on. Mm-hmm. So um, the illustrator worked off of photographs of my family home. So that was really nice because that oh, makes it yeah. even more personal. What a special uh, thing, yeah. It was. It is really special. And um, unfortunately, 
my mother and my stepfather passed away um, this this year uh, oh. while I was writing the book. Um, well, my mom just before and my stepfather during uh, while I was writing it. And actually, he helped me with a bit of the editing before he uh, died. And um, so the book is dedicated to them. So it's really, really meaningful <laughs> you know, in so many ways. Um, how long has that been out for? Um, it's been out since the end of November. Oh, so, um, you know, a couple months. Yeah. And it's, uh, at the moment it's exclusively available on Amazon, mm-hmm. um, both in paperback and Kindle. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very lucky actually. I did a Kickstarter, uh, to raise the money to pay for the illustrator and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I got so much support. It was amazing. You know, I think that's a, one of the wonderful things that has also come out of this whole pandemic is that people are really open to supporting each other and especially doing things that, um, you know, give them a little bit of uh, hope and sunshine. Yeah. You know, that's, that's somebody yeah. fulfilling one of their bucket list dreams. Um, yeah. Everybody got really, you know, really excited about it. And I was really touched by how much people wanted to help make it happen. Yeah. I remember feeling the same way when I had friends from high school, you know, that I wasn't in touch with and things And it's really, um, it really is heartwarming. I love that you brought that light to not only your and your family's lives, but you know, to other people. Um, yeah. like you said, they just want to help. Yeah. A lot of people have been in touch saying, you know, I saw that you, 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 you know, you did what you wanted to do. Like you, you said, okay, I'm going to use this time to, to write a book and then you did it. And uh, it's inspired me to do, to write my book or to start a new business or, you know, so that's been really fun too, to see that it actually has inspired some people to kind of use this downtime as it were to do fun things. Mm -hmm. Like you said, one day when I have the time, I'm going to do this. And this year. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't really any any other time where I could say, well, you definitely did have the time. (laughs) And that's when you know for sure you're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So how has your background in PR helped with marketing your book? Uh, Well, you know, it is, it is always great to, to have contacts uh, with people like yourself. Um, and, you know, we, we do so much PR for other people's that we, you know, I, I basically just decided like, I'm going to treat this like I'm, I'm my own client. Oh, that's <laughs> and so, you know, my, and my whole team was really, really supportive as well. Like they, they, we're a real family at my company and we, um, they were like, Jane, you have to do something with this. Like, you can't just, you know, I was like, Mm, not so sure I want to do interviews and like let's see if it like catches on organically and they were like what are you talking about <laughs> it's so much different when it's our own thing right our own yeah thing. it's really hard like I get super embarrassed like I know I'm doing all the things that I would tell my clients not to right now like I'm touching my face and I'm like <laughs> worming around and I'm being a terrible client but um but yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, for anybody out there who's kind of like, well, how do I go about this? Like a lot of the research that we do, honestly, is through Google. Like we will Google like uh, best children's podcasts, best children's book uh, reviewers, you know, and we'll, we'll do a lot of research. And it's always good to also kind of know what your competition is. Mm-hmm. So like we... Um, you know, we did a lot of research into, you know, other children's books that were for the same age range, 
um, that were kind of a similar type of book, um, you know, and so found out what, what uh, press had been writing about those books, you know. So what, if you know, like, okay, I want to write the next Hungry Caterpillar book, let's say, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. then you kind of Google, I mean, that's not a great example because it's yeah. been around <laughs> for all, yeah. years, but like if there's a new book that you love to read to your children and you're like, I want my book to be like this book, um, then you can Google that book and see and make a kind of list of the press that has written about that book and try to emulate it and a lot of times especially with podcasts like yourself or websites um they will have somewhere on there even if it's hidden like sometimes it's at the very very bottom of the page on the left hand side for example where there'll be like a contact at um and and you know if you don't have the budget to hire a publicist um, then, you know, there's no harm in like just emailing them yourself and saying, you know, would you mind checking out my book? Um, obviously with a PR company, if you do have the budget, you have a lot more, um, you have a lot more, um, at your fingertips because we, for example, found your contact information through a database that we, uh, pay a lot of money for, um, that basically gives us all of the contact information. So it just cuts down the time in contacting people by a lot because you can, you know, basically search children's books and it comes up with like all these people that write about children's books. And also, you know, children's books isn't our speciality, uh, although it might become one. (laughs) I was going to say, um, (laughs) you might get some phone calls. (laughs) Usually I I represent like celebrities. Like right now I'm looking after the guys from Selling Sunset on Netflix. Um, So, you know, yeah, they're really great people, by the way. I look after Jason, Mary, Romaine, and, and Amanda, and uh, they're wonderful people. But, um, you know, for them, for example, we have contacts that have, you know, I've known them for like 10, 15 years. So, you know, it's not, it's like a phone call to their mobile, for, to their cell phone, and a text message rather than trying to establish a new relationship. And that's basically what you're paying for with a publicist. So, you know, um, you're hoping that that publicist knows the press that they're reaching out to well enough that they'll at least get a, a straight answer really quickly, you know? Oh, yes. Yes. So when I hear that, I think, well, there's no way I could afford you if you're also representing people like celebrities. There's no way that, you know, little indie authors can. Well, I mean, look, I started my own company because I wanted to be flexible with rates and things like that. So, you know, obviously there's, there's, um, there's a certain threshold which you can't go below because I still have, uh, I still have staff to pay. Yeah. Um, thank God, you know, <laughs> I managed to get through this whole thing without having to let anyone go, oh, which is a God. miracle. But, yeah. um, uh, you know, I still have to pay them. So I can't be less than what I'm paying out every month for them. But, um, but I do have a certain flexibility. Like if I'm really passionate about a client, I can be much more flexible with my, with my fees. Um, so that, I mean, when I worked before for a big PR company, um, you know, they couldn't do that. So, so one of the benefits of being kind of a solo entrepreneur woman is that I do have that flexibility. Oh, that's nice. Well, if you ever want to work with authors, give me your info and I'll share it. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, to see how well I do on my book. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the test. <laughs> right Counting <laughs> other people's books, but if it works out really well, I'll definitely would like to, I mean, it's a, it's a really fun 
area to work in. I really love um, children's books. Like you said, the the messages behind them and like even just reading books to my own child, it's really, um, it's really fun to see how a good writer can weave a message into a fun story. And the kids, the children are like listening to it and they are learning uh, without even realizing that they're learning good, uh, good morals for the future. Yeah. Um, like in my book, for example, you know, one of the messages um, is like, don't write on walls. And it's great. <laughs> really <laughs> my little girl loves to write on walls. I'm constantly oh. finding like scribbles on all the walls in the house. And I'm like, listen to the book. <laughs> let's, let's sit down and read the book again. Okay. Yeah. Let's sit down and read about how not to write on walls. Paper is so much better. <laughs> oh, yes. yes. <laughs> I remember my first writing on the wall was Sharpie once. <laughs> I, oh, I, he needed so much work. I was like, okay, you have to go in the crib. Oh, yeah, we got, uh, we got all the crayons that my daughter Lily has are all washable crayons. Smart, <laughs> smart. Yes, there should be no Sharpies in the house. With yeah, no Sharpies. No, 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 no. no. Thanks. <laughs> so do you have any great lessons you can share with authors listening that you've, that you've learned over the past year doing this? Um. Don't give up. Don't give up. Yeah. And, you know, definitely use all the other mummies that you know, people in your family, friends, to kind of bounce off the the storyline. Because it is, words are very important. And choosing the right words, especially when you're talking to children, is super, super important because, A, you know, hopefully it resonates with them and they learn a lesson that they'll take for the rest of their lives. But also, you know, they have to be able to understand it. So it's walking this line between um, writing it in a way that they will understand. So, you know, don't use massively long words and things like that that are complicated and kind of beyond their capacity to understand. But also, you know, choose them carefully because it might change who they are fundamentally, you know. So it's powerful. They are powerful. Yeah. And it's such a great feeling when it's your book doing those uh, changes yeah. for people around the world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, have, book, I wish that for yours. The illustrations are really important too. I was really, really lucky with the lady that I found to work with and she, you know, my little girl doesn't really understand the book so much. It's aimed more at like four to eight year olds, mm-hmm. but she loves the pictures and she'll be like cow, pig, sheep. <laughs> Yeah. And it's so nice, you know, there's, you can have a really great book and if the illustrations don't uh, live up to the writing, it can bring the book down. Whereas a really great illustrator can really um, make your book come alive. And so be careful about who you choose and, and don't skimp on the illustrations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great advice. Thank you. Well, thank you for chatting with me today. Thank you. Nice to get to know you. So people could find you at Tom Wolf. Com? Yeah, com is the website. And then, um, like I said, it's on Amazon. Um, and my email is on the website if anybody wants to ask me any questions or anything like that. <laughs> I think someone's at the door. My dog's going crazy. I don't know if you can hear it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so thank much. You okay.